That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. I'm John Fugelsang. This is Tell Me Everything, the little show that brings good trouble to the right-wing bubble. Five nights a week, right here. At what the hell o'clock? Hello to everyone listening live, our evil army of the night. Hello to all of our daywalkers, everybody who's listening the next day on tape on the John Fugelsang podcast, Sirius XM On Demand, and of course, uh, the Sirius XM app. Hi, y'all. We want to hear from you guys as well. You can always write to me at johnfugelsang.com, our show's Facebook page, or on the Twitter. We will read your notes on the air. We love receiving them. We hope you guys had a really great day. Chris Hauselt is the executive producer of this year's show. He's running things from South Carolina. The mighty Thea Harper is producing this show from Brooklyn, and I am kind of showing up and trying to look busy and pretend I'm actually working here in the island of Manhattan. we got a great one tonight. Bob Seska is going to be here to talk about the world in politics. Keith Price will be here in hour number three to bring all of his black gay splendor and slay fools. Um, we've had a lot of great guests come in here lately, and we're really excited for more. The new Graham Nash is just fantastic. I think we're all set, right? There's a lot to get to. The Senate voted to repeal the authorization of use of military force in Iraq today, 66 to 30. You won't believe why some Republicans were trying to keep that in place. Kentucky Republican lawmakers overrode Governor Andy Beshar's veto to codify new anti-transgender laws that help no one. They are some of the harshest, most cruel laws against marginalized people in our country. They help no one in Kentucky, but the Kentucky Republicans will campaign as to how mean they were to powerless people. Also, in the Senate hearing, Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz claimed his company broke no laws in crushing the formation of unions at their location. Makes him a lot more likable doesn't it? It's really fascinating. Bernie Sanders went after him today. And apparently Joe Biden urged uh, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in a strong private message to stop his government's judicial overhaul. And he will, if by stop you mean pause for a couple of days and then do it again. There's a lot to cover on the show tonight, and we're so glad you guys are with us. Let's begin... With White Supremacist Wednesday. Yes, let's do it. It's time to check in with the xenophobes, Confederates, bigots, haters. Everybody who proves white supremacists are actually the greatest argument against the concept of white supremacy. Uh, let's do a quick roundup of the biggest white supremacist stories of the week. Let's begin. Well, shucks, folks, where else in the beautiful state of Florida? You may have heard state officials just removed the Disney movie Ruby Bridges from a school 
after a parent complained that the history of Jim Crow was being taught. Now, if you don't know, Ruby Bridges tells the story of the real-life six-year-old girl who integrated New Orleans schools in the 1960s. It has been a staple of Pinellas County Black History Month lessons for years. And this is the first time I've ever heard of an adult getting angry they're showing a movie in a history class. But this adult refused to allow their child to watch this 25-year-old Disney movie from 1998, saying that the story about a six-year-old child who had to integrate public schools in Louisiana isn't appropriate for kids in the uh, second grade, which I think is generally around seven years old. In other words, it's not appropriate for kids one years older than Ruby Bridges was when she integrated the schools. This parent also formally challenged the film being shown. It's at North Shore Elementary in St. Petersburg, saying that these scenes that show Ruby being racially abused by white people could teach students that white people are mean to black people. And really, doesn't that make white people the real victims? So school officials in Pinellas County decided to pull the movie until the review committee has assessed it. If you like this, you can thank Ron DeSantis because this is all happening because of the, his, one of his new laws that allows any parent to complain and remove any content they want. All that power. The Ron DeSantis white fragility law. It's, it's like Ron DeSantis heterosexual fragility law, meaning any slobbering goober can sue any school for saying anything that might make their bigotry or the bigotry of their ancestors look bad. A parent complained it wasn't appropriate for seven-year-olds because there's racial slurs and scenes of white people being mean to this child, which actually happened in real life. You know, <laughs> it's just a basic. Ruby Bridges was old enough to have to endure this racism. These kids we're being told, are too young to learn about it. You know what I think? I think maybe some of these parents are actually afraid because the Ruby Bridges movie also shows that some white people were kind, that some white people opposed segregation, that some white people, maybe the ones your white grandparents hated, were on the right side of history because all white people during segregation always had the option to oppose it. But that's it. That's Ron DeSantis. White fragility. It's like the definition of it. Refusing to let your second grader hear about what a black first grader had to experience. Meanwhile, in New York, after months of deliberation, New York City's Audubon Society has decided to change its name. Why? Uh, they cited founder John James Audubon's legacy of uh, being a white supremacist dick. Now, we're not talking about the National Audubon Society. They've chosen to keep the name. But the New York version of the Orenthology Devoted Organization announced this on their website, and they sent an email to members this week. This is causing a lot of outrage, uh, even among people who don't care about birds. But he, John James Audubon, look, he was a central figure in early American science. Birds of America, his main work, has hundreds of paintings that showed more than a thousand different species of birds, supposedly every known species in the U.S. at the time. And his artwork is incredible for its accuracy. And it's beautiful. I mean, honestly, you, you would, it would be an honor to have his art in your museum. And, and some museums or libraries have them, and they put them under glass, and you, they turn one page every week or so. But you see, <laughs> Mr. Audubon, who died in 1851, uh, he, he had interests beyond birds. He owned humans. He owned black slaves. He supported white supremacy. 
He opposed abolition. He appropriated indigenous artifacts. And New York City Audubon's board of directors announced their decision to change the name, dropping Audubon. They don't know the new name yet. They said it'll be a new name that embodies our organizational values that is inclusive and welcoming to all New Yorkers. You know this makes racists furious, right? You know that not honoring someone who owns slaves, well, that's a pretty quick way to get you called woke. And being called woke is the meanest thing they can do. <laughs> no, they, you know, look, this guy was very critical of the abolitionist movement. Famously, he wrote a letter Audubon did to his wife in 1834, where he said the British government acted imprudently and too precipitously in emancipating enslaved people in their colonies. So, you know, a lot of these conservation groups carry the Audubon name. Some of them are affiliated with the National Society. Some are just independent. So far, at least five groups have dropped the Audubon name. Seattle, they voted to drop it. Right now, Audubon is just crossed out on the group's website. They're trying to rebrand. They're looking for suggestions. The Washington, D.C. Audubon Society, they dropped their name. They're now called Nature Forward. Chicago's going to do it. Portland's going to do it. In some of these cases, they put a slash mark through Audubon's name when it shows up on their websites. It's not taking anything away from his contributions to, to art and science, but he was a guy who did pretty evil things, even by the standards of his day. You know, again, he repeatedly bought and sold people. He criticized emancipation. He lied about his own heritage. Audubon's mother was French or Haitian Creole, but he always said she was a wealthy Spanish woman. In 1819, Audubon took two enslaved men with him down the Mississippi to New Orleans in a skiff. And when he got there, he put the boat and the men up for sale. And then they bought several more enslaved people in the 1820s, sold them in 1830 when they moved to England. He was a slaveholder. Now, here's what the racists will say. And you'll have this in your family. And, you know, you know, the guys, they'll say, well, he's a man of his time. He's just a man of his time. That's how it was. It was normal then. That is a bullshit argument. It's an evil argument because many men, many women in the antebellum South took a very strong and outspoken stand against slavery. John James Audubon, he didn't. Again, not a fan of abolition. And when you don't take a stand against slavery, that means you're taking a stand for slavery. And also, uh, you take a stand for slavery when you choose to own people. They had nine human property working for them in their house at one point. <laughs> so people flipped out. Attorney Scott Greenfield on Twitter was saying, NYC Audubon Society is dropping the name Audubon. Would there even be bird sanctuaries but for John James Audubon? Remember when they swore it was just about statues of Confederate generals? Who? Remember they promised it was only going to be one kind of white supremacist? Now they're, 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 they're erasing things that honor all kinds of white supremacists. And he spelled Audubon with two O's. First of all, his name is spelled Audubon, A-U-D-U-B-O-N. So you're, you're so outraged, but you couldn't spell his name right three times in your tweet. Uh, he also died 128 years before the Audubon Society began in New York State. And he owned people and sold people. And he didn't create any bird sanctuaries. But here's the real question. What is renaming the bird organization take away from you? Why would anyone be mad that an organization no longer wanted to celebrate an enslaver. There's a reason for it, and there's a word for it. But let's go to Virginia, because here's my favorite story of the week. In 2020, we learned the top Marine Corps general ordered the removal of all Confederate paraphernalia from Marine bases. But now the Department of Defense has begun renaming nine U.S. Army bases across our country that honor Confederates, people who took up arms against the United States and slaughtered American soldiers 
for the glorious cause of you-know-what. And this week, they have changed the name of Fort Pickett in Virginia, named after Confederate General George Pickett, to Fort Barfoot, in honor of Colonel Van Barfoot, a Native American World War II hero. This is only the first of nine bases they're going to be renamed this year. Can you imagine how insane the racists are going to be by Christmas time? It seems pretty sensible, right? Why wouldn't you do this? I mean, General Pickett was fighting against the U.S. Colonel Barfoot was fighting for the U.S. But boy, did people flip out. Um, In the Virginia Courier record, there was an op-ed by Doug Colburn. He kind of nails why racists are upset. The truth is that renaming is not so much about honoring American heroes as it is punishing the South and anyone who fought for the South. Get her. Those in power today are not aware of how badly the South was punished following the war. Wow. And I, here I was feeling bad for the slaves. <laughs> However, the guts possessed by our ancestors and men like General George Pickett should be an inspiration to everyone. Okay. Uh, fight for slavery. So anyway, I was so amazed at the vitriol of certain white males that they were going to rename military bases that were named for Confederates who killed Americans. I decided to go someplace that I normally don't go. I decided to go someplace that you nice people should never go. I went to the Daily Caller comments section. <laughs> uh, wow. Let me tell you, those fine gentlemen, you know, grown men who look up to boy fascist Ben Shapiro, <laughs> lipless wonder Tucker Carlson, they are very angry about this. Army driver said, I'm not a fan of renaming for the political correctness of the day. A new installation, a new ship, no problem. As this continues, this will be nothing more than erasing U.S. history. All in favor of erasing U.S. history, say aye. Okay, number one, racist moron, it's not erasing U.S. history. It is choosing to not honor a treasonous white supremacist. It is not U.S. history. It's the Confederacy, not the U.S. Bowman TJB says no U.S. Army fort should have been named after Pickett. I'm like, oh, you're cool. Pickett was a Confederate disaster and a horrible human being. Maybe that's why he may have helped the Union to victory. Oh, okay. So so this guy's so racist. He's mad they named it after the general in the first place because the general helped them lose the Civil War and slavery had to end. John Thornborough wrote, this is an outrage. President Donald J. Trump warned of the coordinated leftist plot to spit on and destroy our American heritage. The American way of life is under vicious assault by those who are desperate to deny our greatness and exceptionalness. Okay, first off, by saying the word exceptionalness, you've really showed us that white supremacy doesn't exist. It's not a plot to spit on and destroy your American heritage. It is a plot to not celebrate confederate heritage and for me to spit on it because confederate heritage deserves to be spat on all of you racists i wish that i had a time machine to bring you back to the confederacy so all y'all can see how superior to your ancestors you are you really are modern day confederates you're so much better than those people really you 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 should stop worshiping your inferiors but what am i talking about y'all vote for trump So Fort Hood is going to officially drop their Confederate name and become Fort Cavazos on May 9th. That's uh, for General Richard Cavazos, the first Latino four-star general and brigadier general. Holy shit, they're going to be furious. So let's enjoy. There's eight more to go this year. Let's savor the rage of white supremacists. That's it for White Supremacist Wednesday. Cry, racists, cry. 
The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. A new report indicates that officers who delayed their response to last year's school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, did so in part because they were scared of the gunman's assault-style rifle. You knew that it was definitely an AR, said Uvalde Sergeant Donald Page. There was no way of going in. And that's why some of us don't think civilians should be allowed to own weaponry designed to kill lots of people really fast. You know why? Because cops are afraid of it. It's tough being a pro-life patriot. That's why I need somebody smarter, more logical, and better looking than me. And fortunately, there's a lot of that out there. Let's go to one, Bob Seska, host of The Bob Seska Show, one of the best podcasts you can listen to about politics and about music. I fell in love with Bob reading his columns in Salon and the Daily Banter, and of course, his appearances on Stephanie Miller. We are blessed to have him every Wednesday. Mr. Seska, welcome back. Hey, John, how are you? It's great to be here. It's great to have you here. I'm doing okay. It's it's really been amazing seeing that, uh, I was saying earlier, the entire verified um, Twitter feed section is now uh, anonymous accounts that call you a cuck if you don't like AR-15s. Uh, the transformation <laughs> is complete. The bots have taken over. The pods have hatched. Yeah. Bob, we were just talking to a caller. It's going to take showing photos of what an AR-15 does to a child's body before we can have a serious debate in this country. Yeah, I mean, I always look back to the Civil War as being sort of a touchstone for how we do things in this country. What what works, what doesn't work, the best side of America, the worst side of America. And uh, one of the things that changed the tone of that war was when Matthew Brady and Alexander Gardner started showing the photos of the You're carnage right. of these battles in photographic studios and museums and so on, social occasions uh, all around the country, and they could be reproduced in newspapers and so on. And and the the view of war permanently changed at that point, where people started to see the actual, th there was a romantic view of war, <laughs> and it, it sustained itself through maybe the first battle, uh, Bull Run, Manassas, what have you, and as soon as people saw the actual photos of the dead soldiers on the battlefield, the entire view of the war changed. And it wasn't to the point of saying we need to stop fighting this war. It certainly didn't demoralize the support for the war, at least in the north. But what it did was it changed our perception of, of what this thing is that we do. It's no longer this Napoleonic, noble, Victorian, proper guided by providence kind of thing it became this 
basically a, a, a dress rehearsal for World War One is the perception right. uh, that we have now. But that's what people started to see uh, trench warfare and things like that. And then these awful photographs. So I think it's a good idea to maybe start to obviously with consultation from the families start to reveal some of these things, because obviously the news of dead children in schools became something that we just have deluded ourselves into thinking, it's the well, price we got to pay going to happen. Pr- yeah, it's the price Bob, we pay for freedom, the price blah, blah, blah. That- it's the price the rest of us have to pay yeah. so some Americans, civilians, can own an AR-15. That, that, That's right. Come on. See, it seems like there's two kinds of people, Bob. The ones who think the loss of American life is worth it, so civilians can own AR-15s, and the ones who think the loss of civilian life is not worth it. <clears throat> and, and really, yeah. it's... It, it, I mean, I don't know if I'm being vulgar, but it seems like it's kind of that simple. Either this is acceptable to you and nothing should be changed because this is the price of freedom. And even though we're the only country to have these problems, that's just how it is. Or it's not. I mean, it, it seems like it's a really simple dividing line. There are a, a couple of things that contribute to this, John, and it's it's a matter of supply and demand. Uh, we have a huge supply of firearms in this country and an enormous amount of demand. Because the demand comes from our culture, the fact that firearm ownership is wired into our DNA as Americans. Mm-hmm. It's how we sought our freedom from the British uh, beginning in 1775. It's how we uh, freed the slaves, uh, 1861, to 1865. It's how we fought World War II. It's the romance of the Wild West, all these things. And then plus you add in the heirloom quality of firearms where you know dads hand their guns down to their sons and sure however that process works so that's kind of wired into the soul of america and i feel like in order to tackle this problem we have to tackle both the supply and the demand and i think if we can't tackle the supply because of the second amendment if that just becomes this constant beating our faces up against the wall, which it clearly has been. We've hardly been able to do anything about gun control, gun regulations. In fact, they're being actively rolled back state by state. They are. One thing that we can do that doesn't touch the Second Amendment is we can start to roll back the demand for firearms, roll back the gun culture. I think we've talked about this before, John, where back, I don't know, 20 years ago, There was an entire ad campaign about cigarettes, cigarette smoking, Mm -hmm. demonizing cigarette smoking, saying, well, here's what's going to happen to you if you smoke cigarettes. Uh, And I thought it was very effective. There was sort of an all-out assault on the culture around cigarette smoking. We can do the same thing for guns, I think. I think what we can do is cut back on the demand and therefore affect the supply, affect the number of firearms that are owned by Americans. If we start to say, hey, look, this is an awful thing that results in nothing but death. You don't need to have this as your hobby. Pick another hobby. Uh, You know, there are obviously. I don't think it's going to work. Who can write the ads better than I can. Have have you ever fired a gun? Have you, you fired a gun before, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a high. Yeah, I've, men, American men will not give that up. Yeah, I mean, I fired a, a mini ball out of a rifled musket <laughs> that was manufactured in <laughs> well, Harper's Ferry. I as fired the founders a, yeah, intended. I, I respect a, you for that. I respect your well-regulated <laughs> militia musket yeah, shooting. Yeah, 
I mean, I haven't fired anything modern, but th that's about the extent of it. But it is kind of awesome. And that's what we have to fix. And that is not in any way infringing on firearm ownership. What it is is saying, hey, look, if you want to own those firearms, you, you should kind of be a little bit embarrassed by it. You shouldn't be so proud of the fact that you've got these retail products that you've stockpiled in your house, that you're helping the economy of Walmart and Cabela's and all I, I, these places. I understand, I understand the psychology. Bob, do you see yeah. Democrats ever going for that? Democrats I, are I, I always going to do the and, Democrats go, I, I look at how many I can hold a gun while I fire my other gun and clean my other right. gun. I'm so pro-gun. I'm a pro-gun yeah. Democrat. You know how this is. It's. It, I think it's going to have to be incremental and it's going to have to be a movement of, of trying to get us to agree that maniacs should be forced to be inconvenienced to have to reload mid-massacre. Like 10 rounds yeah, of something, yeah. and then you got to reload. I, I think that we're so far behind where we need to be. It's going to have to be more. And, and I think it's awful, but I, I just, I think incrementalism. And unfortunately, I think it's going to take a lot more dead Americans. And I think at some point, everyone's going to have to know someone who's shot before we see any, yeah. anything really change. Well, that also has to be a part of it, obviously. And um, this is, I think, the best way to approach this. And it's not about getting Congress to do anything. I think Congress is completely stalemated. Congress is useless right now. There's yeah. nothing that's going to come out of Congress. There's just no way. It's just not the Democrats controlling the Senate, the Republicans controlling the House. There's nothing that's going to be done with guns. Uh, and by the extension, state legislatures, where the real awfulness is happening as far as rolling back gun regulations, uh, Tennessee, for example, uh, you know, the, the governor there signed legislation making uh, a permitless open carry legal just recently. That's right. And so sure. it's very easy to buy guns in these in these in these states. And, and that that's something that uh, I think we can continue to push for. But expecting some sort of immediate transformation in the makeup of our legislatures is wishful thinking. I think what we can do yeah. as a culture, not even thinking about politicians, get the politicians out of the way. As a culture, I think we can do this. I think we need to get together as far as uh, uh, creative people, um, people who understand marketing, people who understand persuasive arguments, and get everyone in a room and come up with this, uh, let's call it a 10-year plan yeah. to start tackling the notion that guns are these sacrosanct uh, icons of Americanism. And start to push back on that. It, it just you as mean, we you do. Mean ungro you mean ungroom people? Ungroom yeah, people? Ungroom people. Disgroom That's them? a great yes. way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I think this can, can be done. I, I don't think we don't have to wait for a vote. We can do this as the cultural side, as a societal side of this debate. There's still more that can be done just among us, just as long as we're not uh, ignoring it. We're not doing the don't look up thing where as soon as the story drops out of the news cycle, we move on to something else. You have to keep paying attention to this perpetually, not just shooting and then we go away and do something else and think, oh, there's another agree. shooting. Let's reel out our talking points from the previous one. Here we are again. That's got to stop. It's got to be an ongoing effort. One of the ways that this whole situation gets perpetuated, as you know, is the right wing is very good at reframing narratives and getting the media away from talking about guns, away from talking about AR-15s. After Dylan Roof killed those poor people in that church, Nikki Haley and right wing media made the entire thing not about civilians getting AR-15s and easily being able to kill folks. It was all about the Confederate flag. After the massacre mm. 
at the country music concert in Las Vegas wasn't about AR-15s and how they're slaughtering all these people. No, it was about uh, bump stocks. After Uvalde, yeah. Texas, wasn't about how this 20-year-old guy was easily able to get an AR. Nope, it was about those cops didn't do their job and the doors weren't locked. So I was keen to see on Fox News yesterday how they would spin this to make this gun massacre story not about guns because, you know, it doesn't matter how many children get killed. we got to protect the guns, Bob. This is America. Oh, and yeah. Fox initially was talking about how the shooter uh, uh, went in through an open door. The old Uvalde excuse. And that was mm-hmm. the thing. all day. They were talking about open doors. We've been talking about this, sounding the alarm about these open doors that let the easily <laughs> armed crazy people with mass kill with machines get into the school. And then when they found out that the assailant had had to shoot a door open, they dropped that. And then they found out the accused murderer was transgender. And Bob, people who never want to talk about the fact that 98% of mass shooters are white males made the entire day about the identity politics of one shooter all day long. Yeah, and I even quibble with that 98% statistic. It seems more like it's 99.9%, somewhere in that range, are men. And if we're going to make this argument about gender, let's talk about gender. Let's talk about the fact that only four women are responsible for mass shootings, I believe, in the last 20 years. Correct. Um, There have been zero mass shootings in 2023 uh, where the assailant is a woman. There obviously the assailant in Nashville, uh, I assume, and from what we've heard, hadn't only hadn't only recently just begun to start transitioning. It wasn't something where they were already transitioning and taking hormones and all the rest of it. That's Mm -hmm. from what I understand that that wasn't even going on. So it's entirely irrelevant anyway. The fact that now Fox News is turning this into Oh, my God, the trans people are coming for the children now. Now they're going to start murdering children across the country. And we need to, what, uh, get the military out? I don't know what. I don't know what their solution is to their made-up problem. But if we're again, if we're talking about gender, let's talk about why it is that 99.9% or 98%, whatever the massive number ends up being, of men are engaged in these uh, mass shootings. What is it about men that's causing them to go out and do this? Obviously, the gender of the assailant is, what, consideration number 89 on the long list of of issues surrounding these mass shootings. So, But if we're going to do that, let's talk about gender then. Uh, they don't want to yeah. do that because they're they're in the process right now of trying to ban transgenderism. They want it out. They want to ban it state by state, which they're in the process of doing. They're picking on a group that can't necessarily a, a culture that can't necessarily fight back. Of course, uh, they're not large enough to do that. So it's an easy target for Fox News and their disinformation yep. campaign. And it's a culture that historically has been abused by cisgender people. But now we see cisgender people claiming that they're the victims, and this is an assault on Christianity by evil trans people who have all the power, blah, blah, blah. To to the numbers you were giving, since 1982, there have been 135 school shootings by men, two school shootings by men and women, and four school shootings by women. Out of 141 school shootings, 135 have been by men. So we need to talk about how trans people have a mental illness. That was the entire narrative on my TV yesterday. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about how it's testosterone. The testosterone yes, replacement is causing That's what it. you do. You get when, when someone transitions to be a woman, you give them testosterone to become a woman. Exactly. She understands the science really well. The women take lots of extra testosterone. I mean, literally, she can't even get the hormone right, Bob. Literally, trans women are the only people who, who take medication to be less strong. <laughs> yeah. She can't well, even get that right. And of course, she doesn't get it right because it's complete ridiculousness. What trans people are getting is they're getting the normal amount of testosterone that men typically have. And by the way, every from everyone from Joe Rogan on down to God, I mean, you can't start the list now. Uh, mm -hmm. This is becoming standard operating procedure for a lot of men once they reach the age of, well, basically my age. They start right. to get to their early 50s and so on. Testosterone starts to decline. So now they're getting on testosterone replacement. And guess what? They're getting dosed with around the same amount of testosterone every couple of weeks as trans people are getting as they're transitioning. This is a fact. <laughs> it's indisputable. So if we're talking about not being able, and it's just, this is such a red herring. I can't, it's, it's offensive to me that we have to even defend all of this. But uh, if we're <laughs> going to go down this road, it's I know. trans people uh, transitioning uh, trans. Uh, let me say, uh, let me say, OK, trans men. I, I want to make sure I get the nomenclature right. Sorry for the Thank hesitation, you. but trans men on testosterone are getting the same amount of testosterone as a, a, a cis man. Correct. A, a hetero man gets when they get testosterone replacement correct so Marjorie trans Taylor women Green are getting less testosterone she literally right. got the wrong sex hormone um yeah. bob speaking of things that are disgusting in our final moments I, I wanted to ask your thoughts on donald trump's deification of the terrorists who attacked our capital at his bidding he didn't see fit to pardon any of them when he was pardoning Steve Bannon, who ripped them off, but he left the White House without pardoning any of them. And yep. now he's had this Laney Reefton-Stall moment where he's honoring them and playing this creepy anthem and putting his hand over his heart for these terrorists on stage at his rallies. Um, wow, I don't even know what to say other than if he's that dumb, he doesn't think that's going to backfire on him. He's raising money off yeah. the killing of Ashley Babbitt right now. It's There's no bottom. No, there absolutely is not. This is something I think this ridiculous justice for all thing, which mm -hmm. wasn't just the song performed allegedly by January 6th convicted insurrectionists. I think yes. it was performed by just a group of people in a cell block somewhere who just happened to record it. They took it. They put Donald Trump reciting the Pledge of Allegiance over right. top of it. Oh, by the oh. way, mentioning the indivisible part, for those of you Trump supporters who think secession is on the table, Donald Trump is pledging to keep America indivisible, indivisible, which means all one thing, all one country. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but on top of that, the, the music video is showing these insurrectionists showing January 6th, obviously in the context of saying, well, these are the heroes. These, this is our Fort Sumter. This is what we've done mm. to start the ball rolling on the, uh, the hot war version of the MAGA movement. And so this is something that we're encouraging. We'd like for that to, to happen again. And certainly Donald Trump would love for something like that to happen again, mm. even though he was too cowardly with Sean Hannity the other night to actually admit it where he had to backpedal and say, well, no, I didn't. I wasn't threatening violence. I just I'm an old man. I don't know how retruthing works on my own website. Of what course. is this? Oh, he's just feeble. Yeah, uh, Bob, it's such a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you. How do our listeners follow you and keep up with your work? 
Thanks, John. Uh, you can follow my podcast, BobSeskaShow.com, and I'm on Instagram at TheBobSeska. Thanks for pointing out the indivisible part. You can't argue for a secession <laughs> and then say you care about the damn pledge. They're idiots. That's right. Thank you, Bob. We'll be right back with Thanks, your John. calls on progress. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I'm John Fugelsag. This is Sirius XM Progress. Uh, I want to get to your calls, but really quick. You know, former Starbucks CEO, Howard Schultz, he ran for president a couple years ago. He, he, he was running for president. I was like, dude. You just got everybody's order wrong. But today he testified before the Senate Help Committee, chaired by Bernie Sanders. Uh, Bernie has accused the company of engaging in illegal union busting here, sipping from a Starbucks cup. The former Starbucks CEO laments America's eternal victim, powerful corporations. This process, unfortunately, has played out publicly in many different ways. And unfortunately, a public company in America today is, is unfortunately uh, guilty before the, the, the before anything. So this happens. is your chance. Yeah. So why are you innocent? Yeah, we're, we're innocent because we've done <laughs> everything that we possibly can to respect the right under the law of our partner's ability to join a union. But conversely, we have consistently laid out our preference without breaking any law of communicating to our people about what we believe is a vision for the company. And when I went to Buffalo, even though it was cited before by Senator Casey, I never mentioned the word union once. Of course you didn't. I don't think he's learned the word before. Uh, let's go to the phones. Nancy is in Michigan. Nancy, thanks for waiting on hold. Welcome to SiriusXM. Hi, John. Hey, um, I was listening to Michelangelo's show earlier, and some guy called in and said, we're never going to get rid of assault weapons because they're gearing up for a civil war. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, you think that's a thing? I mean, when I was working back you know, 10 years ago, we had a gun nut, and that's what he kept saying. i got to have my guns because oh, I know. Get me, I'm going to be ready. And I'm like, boy, if they come <laughs> to get you, you're going to be gone. Cause you're not gonna that's their whole me. argument, by the way. That's, that's the whole argument. Like, like we need to have AR-15s. We, we civilians need weapons designed for mass slaughter because someday the government might come to my house to take my guns and I'm going to have to kill a lot of cops. Hypothetically, on that day, I'm going to I'm going to have to kill a lot of cops. So that's why I need these guns. And that's why you need to accept all these mass shootings in schools. You snowflake cuck. And that's essentially the argument, right? Someday this government is going to come after me and I'm going to want to bring a gun to a drone fight 
And so we have to put up with this. And then I hear in the sky today saying, well, they're gearing up for this civil war. You know, we've heard so much about the civil war now. Oh, and yeah. like these Republicans are in it. Like, you watch that one guy, uh, the Jamal, is Senator Jamal, or the congressman, stop that one guy, uh, Republican in the hallway, was saying, hey, you know, we have to stop this now. And that guy just stood there and argued with him the whole time. And then he finally said, well, have you ever taught in a school? You ever had to teach in a school? And the guy just kept talking the same old stuff. And it's just like, these, it's like the Republicans, maybe they are in on this thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not, right but you, you know there's not going to be a civil war, right? Like, listen, here's the deal. When you're, when you're running the right wing as a politician or media, your job is peasant maintenance. Your job is to get the serfs to fight for the feudal lords, because the feudal lords are the job creators, serfs. So, so that's the whole racket, right? You've got to manipulate hardworking white guys. You have to be a wealthy plantation owner who can get poor southern whites to go fight and die so you can keep on having slaves because you don't want to pay someone to till your fields. Like, that's the whole racket on right-wing, hardworking men. So this is what they do with gun control as well. They feed them this notion of, oh, there's going to be a secession. There's going to be a secession. We found out in the Mueller report that, that Russia was funding both the California secession movement and the Texas secession movement, because they laugh at us. I can tell you that there's not any cops or soldiers who are going to give up their pension to go start a new country somewhere. This is a racket they do to whip up these right wing gun nuts to get their votes, to get their donations. There will not be a civil war. There will be no states seceding. There will be more right wing domestic terrorism. Uh, it, it'll just happen freelance basis. They're not going to leave and start their own nation. I'll tell you, it's bumming me out, man. I just, I can't take it. I can't take these Republicans just not wanting to help and to keep it from dying, man. I just can't stand it. But you know what? There's more of us, and the trick is getting people to vote. And I'm sorry it's going to take more. It's going to take more of these murders, but there are more of us. Yep. Thank you for calling this. Like living here in Michigan really helps. (laughs) Well, you're in a beautiful state. I love it in Michigan. But yeah, you there's a lot of sane people in your state and uh, the battles going on there, just like it's going on in New York, California, all over the country. But it's like they don't play honestly. No one's trying to come into your house and confiscate your gun, Skeeter. No one wants to. We're trying to make it harder for maniacs to have mass shootings without having to reload. I think every maniac should have to reload after 10 rounds yeah. during a mass shooting. I, I'm going to sponsor the the Inconvenience Murderous Maniacs Act of 2023. And that means, you know, high-capacity magazines, AR-15s. No, you got to reload after oh. 10 shots. Yeah, those Boom. guys got to go. It's got to go. Give but, an um, unarmed person time to tackle the assailant. That's it. I had an argument with, like, that with somebody in a protest we had when Trump first was elected and these guys were the don't tread on me guys. And, and I was, we were going back and forth. I said, you don't need all those rounds and those magazines. And he said, you know what you're talking about? Said, you're talking to a liberal who owns guns. Okay. And you don't need that. You get rid yeah. of those magazines that carry all them, you know, they have all them. So rounds. hang on a second. So, so Nancy, why are you against the second amendment? Why do you want to confiscate our guns? Why are you against personal gun ownership? Why do you want the state to have that power? Why do you want us to all be victims of Stalin? Right. Na- I mean, Exactly. These, the, the, the toughest gun guys are the most hysterical Nancy hissy fit yes. monsters. Yes. No. <laughs> All right, Let's keep on making fun of them. We'll, <laughs> we'll keep on making fun of them, Nancy. Thank you, you know. so much for joining us. Yes. Oh, hey, everyone. It's uh, it's it's the show's producer, uh, Chris Chris Hozier. Hi. Oh, oh my God. You just called me the wrong name. Um, well, Chris, Chris Chris Hussein. Hello. Oh my God. 
At the risk of making Nancy uncomfortable, all of this Civil War talk always reminds me of one person, hmm. and that's Charles Manson. Hmm. Uh, because these guys are so, you know, like he was so obsessed with the, with the coming race war. Um, and so yes. you become so obsessed with this idea that you, you become so enamored with this idea of a civil war. And then after a while of it not happening, you kind of go out and st- try and start it yourself. You know what I mean? Like the, the kind of part of the reasoning behind his, those whole murders was that he thought it was going to be blamed on black people and they were going to start the race war. You're right. Um, that, that he was waiting for to go out into the desert with. And so that's kind of like every time I hear these guys talk about, you know, the coming civil war and the breakup of America, they, it's like this wishful thinking that I hope doesn't go to a dangerous, weird Charles Manson place. That's completely fascinating. And you're right. That's what he did. And again, he probably knew it would never happen, but he also knew he could get a lot of weak minded people to be very scared of that boogeyman talk and get them to bend to his will. And it worked. <laughs> Boy, it's terribly easy to manipulate some Americans, isn't it? I'm going to need you to kill for me, you piggy pig, piggy, piggy, piggy. Going to go up there, get a helter scouter, blood on the walls, civil war. There you go. Yeah, we, we, the, the Manson. Tr- and by the way, you know, Manson was so into that race war stuff. It, it really used to bum Mike Love out when he just wanted to be a domestic racist. Um <laughs> So, so by the way, uh, we just got, we're going to go to break before we go to break, uh, maybe the biggest news of the week. If you're someone who follows these legal doings with Donald Trump, Alan Weisselberg, did you hear about Weisselberg, Chris, Donald Trump's CFO, who's been with the family since Fred was running things. Alan Weisselberg is no longer being represented by Trump organization lawyers. He's in prison now, but this is huge. When they first began investigating him in 2018, I thought it was the biggest thing they could have done. And he just fired his lawyers that Donald Trump pays for. This could mean he knows there's going to be more charges coming from the DA. This could mean he has already flipped. I don't understand why the man is kept silent, but he is no longer being represented by Trump's attorneys. You know who else isn't taking Trump attorneys anymore? Uh, Cassidy Hutchinson. Yeah, she stopped. You notice a pattern? It's going to be very interesting. He's closing in on him, completing his sentence. And now Donald Trump's no longer going to pay for his lawyers. Apparently he's broke. We'll see what's going to happen. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back on Sirius XM. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
And we're back taking your calls. Keith Price is our guest. Keith, uh, what, what, what's going on with Broadway? How's this new Sweeney oh. Todd with Josh Groban? I, I don't really understand the casting. Well, you don't understand the casting, but it is a delightful rendition, I got to say. And I'm, I'm saying this only because I'm somebody who, you know how I love me some Sondheim overall? Mm-hmm. Yes. But this is not this is not one of my particular favorite pieces of his because I just find the show very dark. You know, if <laughs> oh, you know, really, is... <laughs> which part, the murder or the cannibalism? What gets you down, Keith? <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Like, they kind of come out of both ends at sides at you. But like yeah. what I have come to love because I'm actually very blessed because I get to be there a lot. I get to see the show a lot. Yes. And one of the moments that I love is that it's it's the orchestrations. And what I found out is that these are the original orchestrations that they did 40, was it 40 years ago with Angela Lansbury and Len Carreyou, yes. who Mr. Carreyou was at opening night on Sunday. But that's oh, the no other way. story. Yes. But Josh Groban, you know, say what you want to say about him. People are, you know, they say he's a little too pretty for the role, which I kind of agree. I mean, Johnny but, Depp is pretty and he did a good job in the film. He, yeah. But, you know, the thing is, though, like the film was like they really go after the darkness of that whole story. Yes. Whereas in but in the Broadway show, it tends to kind of have a little bit more of a a, a pullback view of the whole scenario. So it doesn't it doesn't right. feel as dark as the it's film not does. Tim Burton. It's not Tim Burton's Hollywood version of Sweeney. Todd. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, I, I got to say, man, it turned it, it's turned me out. And I'm just kind of like, I'm not, you know, I okay. still am telling you that it's going to have an interesting come run come the Tony time against Parade for Best Revival because uh, Parade is yes. back. And and we're talking about, you know, two shows that are, of course, as far apart as they possibly could be. But at the same time, there's darkness over both of those shows. Well, you know? Parade is being protested by Nazis. That makes it hard <laughs> to beat at the Tony. I'm sorry, man. If I ever have a solo show on Broadway, I'm going to pay Nazis to come pick at me. <laughs> I'll get the ones I know in the Tea Party to come on out. Um, but I'm, but don't, don't. If you're coming to New York, though, I really, I don't even know if you can still get tickets because the tickets, they have tickets on sale through January. Pretty women, of the year. fascinating. Pretty women. Oh, it's a great musical. It's a great. It's musical. just such. It's just, and the orchestrations is just fabulous, and the, the right people. On. Annalee Ashford, if she doesn't get a Tony nomination, I will be very surprised because you are. To be dragging honest, me to culture. She's, she kind of steals the show. I mean, right. Josh is, nope. but Annalie, she she delivers something that is just, it's very special to that role. Like she can, she gives you all the humor, all the darkness, all the emotion at the, pretty much at the, at, at various times throughout the show, but you get the full range of Mrs. And I never thought of Mrs. Levitt as that kind of character that you could actually one minute you actually almost feel sorry for her and you're just like right. oh girl i look forward to seeing but, it now i'm excited yeah i love the music oh my so, god all right on your recommendation yes, yes. i'm gonna i will sneak into sweeney todd should speak it to baby bring it okay though. uh when we went to break we had james in chicago and then chris was a bastard and made me hit a break so uh james thanks for your patience <laughs> over the break hello how are you i am well you know i was listening to the show i actually listened to your show Every Monday and Tuesday night when I'm coming home from work. I mean, Monday. Thank you so much. Bless you. Absolutely wonderful show. Love the music segues and the the history about it. Very, very good. I'm a musician myself. Oh. But I'm very aware um, uh, when it comes to politics and the uh, the things going on these days, especially when it comes to common sense gun laws. 
you know, you can't expect people with no common sense to understand common sense gun laws. Indeed. You better work. You better preach. You know, common sense is not common. So here mm-hmm. you have this guy that you were talking to. I think you, he was, was he from Florida or was he from Tennessee? I don't know. I don't he know. was in New Mexico this evening. He, he works on the road. Okay, so this guy's, well, wherever he was. You know, if you ask this guy, you've got an AR-15. You know, now you know what the destruction is can happen. When they had the shootings where the, the AR-15 literally chopped these kids apart. Now, and at the last thing that was going on in Nashville, you can see whatever it was an assault rifle that that person was using. And they don't like to say it, but, you know, the thing when this person actually shot at the door, it cleared the Mm -hmm. glass. And not only did it clear the glass, when one of those rounds hit the door, you can see the door push open. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it could cut through a body, it, who's to say it's not going to cut right through a little cheap ass lock on a door? Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Yeah. They know Come exactly on. what those guns are capable of, but this is exactly. Complete. You know, you know, they sit around and talk about it, and this is this is what's really interesting. They keep on talking about oh, white. Oh, it's the white. You know, the white race. Well, first of all, there's no such thing as white because there's sure. a country called Whiteopia. Okay. <laughs> Every ethnic group is. Whatever, F, whatever ethnic group it is, that's what they are. Now, if you break down the percentages when it comes to Polish, German, Irish, or whatever uh, right. other ethnic background they come from, right. their percentages are smaller than what they call our so-called African-American. Only, only percentage, and you can, you can look it up, the only percentage that is larger uh, when it comes to ethnicity, because remember... Latin is not an ethnic group. Right. Okay. I get you what okay. you're saying. Okay. So here it is. The only percentage that's large, I believe, in this country is the German ethnic group. Okay. So it's German. So they're worried about something that doesn't even make any sense because they say, oh, I'm a white man. Okay. So where's Whiteopia? No. You're, um, <laughs> yeah. You're of descent, Irish descent, you know, Polish descent or whatever. That's what you are. Don't be fooled. And the only reason why that white thing came up, it was a it was a means of separation, and as a mean, it was also a means of rich white or rich landowners making you or convincing you to believe that you were like them. When in fact, think about it: when there were sharecroppers of of European persuasion, if their crops didn't come in, did they get kicked off the land? Oh, yeah, they got kicked off the land. They didn't get they didn't get a chance to stay there and say, oh, no, no, no. I'm so sorry. Your crops didn't come in. You know, oh, sir. So sorry, Edward. Your crops didn't come in. We're going to give you another shot. Nope. What they did is use that as another way to divide. And they said, "Okay, well, we're going to bring this African-American or this black person over here to Mm -hmm. steal and cultivate that field. So that right. further separated you and made you angry. Oh, mm-hmm. he put that black guy. But it's all it's all the same, and it's all the same huh? system. It's all the same racket. It's just a different time. It's the yep. same thing, like the jobs. Oh, the immigrants are taking our jobs. What immigrant owns a company? Exactly. Okay. 
Well, you know what? I, I've never been satisfied with my job here at the bank, James, and I always wished I could do backbreaking migrant farm labor for below minimum wage. But these filthy illegals have taken all those jobs away from me, and I'm forced to work here at the bank. Exactly. <laughs> James, I, I got to go get some other callers, but I thank you so much for joining us tonight. Please call yeah, in more often. Well, it's a real pleasure. You take it easy. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Keith. I love that. I love that. Yeah, he That's went there. He went right there, but it's the truth. What are you going to um, do? I want to take Bruce in California. Bruce, good evening and welcome. You are on Sirius XM with Keith Price. Hello. Hey, hello, everybody. Um, hey. I just want to respond. Just always want to respond to Kendall, the douchebag. Oh, yes, please. You know, and by the way, <laughs> will you stop? You used to always say he's a morally superior to Donald Trump. I, I don't think so. He's right. No, Kendall is morally superior to Donald Trump. Kendall has never stolen from right. vets with a fraud online university. <laughs> he is morally superior to Donald Trump. He hasn't laundered money for Russian mafia through New York real estate. He's a better person. He hasn't led a terrorist attack against our capital. Kendall's a better man. It's actually more of a, an insult when you think about it, because I'm, what I'm saying is uh, they worship their own inferiors. Yeah, okay. I get it. Okay. But I, I work I work with, I, I told you the other day, I'm a truck driver. I work yes, at sir. a distribution, 320 drivers. I work, I work with uh, gun-loving Trump lovers. Yeah, and you, you just—I um, I think I told you the story before. It was a—it uh, was the week of Sandy Hook. We have a we have a TV set in the driver's room. There's a story on Sandy Hook, and I literally had a driver stand next to me and say to me, "They're coming to get our guns." I swear to God. Yeah, that's sure. what. The, I just, these people are. That's just what Obama mad. did. Obama spent eight years oh, almost yeah. coming to get your yeah. guns after Bill Clinton spent eight years almost coming to get your guns, and now Joe Biden. Spent, I mean, this is the clearest. The, the fact that they've never come to get our guns is the clearest sign yet they're coming for our guns. Do you understand? For sure. Oh my God. For sure. Oh yeah. And, and, <laughs> and the other point is nobody, and like you discussed earlier, nobody would use an AR-15 to defend their house. That makes zero sense. Uh, <laughs> You, you know, yeah, I mean, if you if you know if you had great insurance and wanted to destroy the walls, then it'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. But you know, Bruce, thank you very much. Thank you. 866-997-4748. Brian in Oregon, thank you for your patience. Hey, you Hi. Some pretty good callers. Man, that joy was something. Oh, wasn't uh, she great? From uh, Florida. Oh, joy, yeah. sweet joy. Uh, she's yeah. great. What I hope her husband treats her well. I hope yeah. her husband's very good to her. Yeah, I'm going to be distracted from Georgia once again. I'll have to try and call tomorrow. The whole gun thing is just so bizarre. You know, Kendall's defending his house. You know, you shoot one of those AR-15s, AK-47s, you might yeah. hit, it might go through your house walls into two other houses' walls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But mm -hmm. go ahead. Fuck around and find out about liability. Yeah. Enjoy. Well, because uh, yeah. I remember in 94, when the assault ban was going in, there was some wacko in uh, Gresham uh, didn't even want to own a gun, but he said, heard there was an assault weapon ban going in, went out, got an AK-47, and it was in his apartment in Gresham. It was kind of exploring around with a gun and, and shot and killed the neighbor in the, in the neighboring apartment. Oh, mm -hmm. God. Yeah, just insane. God. It just couldn't put the whole fucking insanity of it all that's it's it just it's uh god if it wasn't so horrible it'd be laughable yeah i mean and uh, can you 
And right. I was going to say, and can you imagine being in a situation where Kendall actually will pull out this gun and try to use it somehow? Like, the, just, it's so unfathomable. Squirrel! Like he... <laughs> Squirrel and you end up with a tail. <laughs> it's, like, but it's, it's like, like what? and what kind of neighborhood situation are you in? That you got to have an AK-47 in your house to protect your Officer, home. he pulled up at the red light next to me and he was playing <laughs> rap music. What was I supposed to do? What in Florida? Yeah. guy murdered those two kids, or one kid. That's anyways. right. Well, they were playing rap music. What's, yeah. what's a man supposed to do? Really loud, and I, I shot him dead. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's just not meant for everyone to ever have. That's so true. So, oh, you know, whatevs. One elves. Brian, thank you very much for the call. Before the break, really quick, Mitch in Kent State before the next break. Hi. <gasps> Mitchie. Hey, Keith, how you doing, buddy? I'm Hello. here, good baby. Good to hear you. Uh, John, uh, two things. First of all, David Hogg had a great uh, one line he gave here was, uh, just keep the flags at half staff. As long as Republicans are in power, they say we're not going to fix this thing. So we might as well just leave it there at half staff. Yeah. Because there's no, uh, you know... It's a it's a fight that we're just uh, you know right. how much longer you know how much longer and uh, you know it it just uh, it just seems like it's endless and uh, and another thing was this uh, congressman from uh, Colorado uh, Ken Buck yeah uh, yeah it'll fuck the buck because this guy the the, the non the, uh, the false equivalencies first of all you know they try to you know. Engage in a debate, a serious debate about the guns. And he goes off on the borders. He goes off on uh, Chicago. This guy yeah. just, you know, just drifting from subject to subject. It would not focus on what we're really. Th- yeah, that's the that thing. They don't want to focus. They don't want to I know, Mitch. Okay. I know, Mitch. Something else. Apples and oranges. Apples. You and see, oranges. Keith, how angry he's getting. Mitch. Mitch is dropping f bobs. That's that's uh, the level of critical exactly. mass we reach now. Yeah, I, that's where I'm I draw my line, you. Mitch. Someone ups- yeah. Someone makes you upset, Mitch. I'm going to buy an AR-15. <laughs> I gotta go, Mitch, but I thank you for the call. Can you stay with us? It's time for us to pack up shop until the next show here on Sirius XM Progress. Keep it tuned to 127 all day. For God's sakes, we gotta keep the sane moral people together. Like Keith Price. Not that you I, I apologize for calling you sane or moral, Keith. I know <laughs> decadence and depravity are your trademarks. But how do our listeners follow you and keep up with all your many doings, Comedy Daddy? They can catch me at Comedy Daddy on the Twitter or KeithPriceComic.com. KeithPriceComic.com. Yes. Very, Come find very nice. Me. Uh, I want to thank Keith and I want to thank uh, (laughs) book this man, please. Uh, Thanks to Bob Sesk as well. Um, Dr. Annabelle Manalo Morgan will be back to talk about her book on a future date tomorrow night. We are joined. Oh, man, we got a lineup. Professor Corey Brechneider, Dr. Jason Nichols and Miss Thea Harper herself with the Minority Report. Thank you guys so much for listening. If we didn't get to your call, I apologize. Please forgive me. Call tomorrow and you can yell at me on the air for it. In the meantime, keep it tuned here. We will see you tomorrow on 127. Peace.